I'm Julia Brennan and I'm Creative Arts Advisor for K-6 for the New South Wales Department of Education and today I'm with Leanne Carr who is the Education Manager at the Art Gallery of New South Wales. Welcome Leanne. Hello, how are you? really nice to have you here and we'll talk a little bit more about you in just a second Um, but everybody out there if you're enjoying this podcast series and you'd like to subscribe make sure you go to soundcloud.com forward slash primary curriculum all one word and log in with your education at newsouthwales.gov.au account you can also join via facebook or else create your own soundcloud account so i've invited leanne here today um, because Leanne and I have been working together um, over the last couple of years in her capacity as Education Manager at the Art Gallery of New South Wales and it's just been fantastic for me. I came in um, for my very first tour around the Art Gallery with Leanne a couple of years ago and was just so inspired by hearing about her story and all of the things that she had to tell me and all of the inspiring ways that she looked at the amazing artworks that are in the art gallery. Um, you know, she's been at the art gallery for 12 years now, an education manager for four years of that, which is fantastic. And um, one of the exciting things that I discovered when I went there was that most of the artworks that I saw are actually up online. And how great is that for us, our teachers who can't necessarily get into the art gallery? Let's say they're in a rural or remote setting and all of those artworks are up online that they can access freely so that's fantastic but look I I do go on and I'd love to hear more about your story Leanne and I'm sure everybody out there would like to hear that too so Leanne do you think you could share with us a little bit about how your arts education journey started? Um, It's an interesting one I've always felt like art was part of my life Um, I used to really love art at school. It was one of those situations. Um, I think you've heard these stories many times with people that live in the art world or work in the art world. Um, It came naturally to me. It was something that I didn't think of not having in my life. But then I did become a visual arts teacher for 10 years. So I was working in high schools um, for that amount of time. And I think that was a really wonderful way to start any career because you really see the world in one classroom. You see so many diverse um, personalities and ways of looking at the world. And um, I used to love debating with kids about art and thinking about, you know, um, how we could approach making and and talking about art and and studying history, etc. And then I started working at the art gallery. I did a few things in between that were in the creative arts field, but then I worked at the gallery and It was really something that I was um, really attracted to because even in my teaching, I knew the importance of looking at the original work of art and I would constantly have arguments with the maths teachers and the geography teachers about excursions and I'd be, um, you know, putting my hand up and saying, I have to take my year 11s to the art gallery four times a year because they just have to see art all the time. I was one of those teachers that also used to put up the scale of artworks. I used to get masking tape and say, this is exactly how big artworks were. It was really important to me that they were connecting with an original work of art. So when I got a a job at the gallery, I was like, this is something where I should have really been at. And I still love seeing 
kids being inspired by what we can offer. Um, the difference I found too at the gallery is I don't have the world of art in my classroom. I have a collection to mm. look at, and um, but I can get a really deep engagement with that collection. And and as the exhibitions change, you know, we have to look at how we can best inspire students. So, mm. um, and then it just sort of kicked from there. And um, I've always been in arts education. I've always loved it. I've always I still love it, and it still inspires me because I see. Um, being in the arts as something where um, you're never just sort of sitting idle, you're always learning every day and if you have that open mind, as many great teachers are, they're learning every day with their students, not just for their students. Leanne, you've sort of talked to us a little bit about how much the arts mean to you, but how's it influenced your life both professionally and personally? I feel like I don't work like in a job it's 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 actually part of my life because if I'm doing a lot of creative thinking I work with a team of really talented people and oh it's fantastic so there's nothing that comes out of the gallery that hasn't been a team effort so um, we love working together and trying to pull things together in a creative way and trying to push the boundaries there's never a day where we think oh we've done everything now it's always something to do, something that we can aim for. And I think when you're in the creative arts, you are really trying to find – there is no end game, but you're always aiming for it. And that, that process, the process of building and discovering the world differently with your, with your team or your colleagues is the most inspiring part. So even with my own kids, I'll say, I'm not saying I'm going to work today, I'm going to the gallery today. So mm-hmm. I never feel like I've Isn't ever had a right? job. <laughs> I feel like just I'm working. What yeah. I really picked up on um, just in that statement was the importance of the process. Mm. It doesn't always have to be a product. And we see that mm. so often that people think, oh, I've got to create this incredible artwork by the end of my lesson. Mm. It's not about that, is it? Not at all. Not at all. I think the process is where you really see those inspiring moments. Mm. Um, and just recently we've had um, some school groups coming in from Western Sydney Public Schools uh, and they were inspired by uh, an artist called Christo and Jean-Claude mm, yeah. and the Rap Coast. And at the moment we have the um, Caldor Public Art Project's 50th anniversary exhibition on Making Art Public and the students are being inspired by the Christo work. And I'm seeing these groups of Year 7 girls and boys depending on the school and they're creating these massive Christo works with easels and furniture and themselves they're wrapping themselves <laughs> and they're so into it they're not they're like it's like they're in another world they're not mucking around they're not thinking or being distracted they're so focused on creating these amazing pieces and they're mm. so different and vast and then they're so proud of it when they talk about it to everybody else so i mean so they're sort of critically unpacking it afterwards Absolutely. and discussing it. They own it. So because of this collaboration or because of the process, the process is what's helping them to connect with their artwork. So they're not just being told how to paint or draw, which feels like someone's telling them how to be artistic. Yes. They've become artistic themselves. So then they own it and they're proud of it and then they want to show it to everybody. Mm. And it might not look perfect, it might have some rough edges, but it's that's not about that. It's about building a self-esteem, um, thinking creatively, because mm. you want 
our kids from primary school to be um, creative thinkers. You want them to um, not be afraid of going out into the world and um, trying to fix or solve problems in any way. It doesn't matter what um, career they go into. So I think you've actually almost answered the next question. (laughs) what What is the power of the visual arts to you? The power of the visual arts, well, it inspires too. It doesn't have to be always something that um, that you have to always learn from or with. We see many students that come in the gallery and just want to look at art and just enjoy looking at it. Mm-hmm. So it has this depth of understanding. Like you can have this great depth of understanding of art and you can really get something out of it by really understanding it, but you can also just love it just by looking at it. And um, you can have a personal connection with it. Oh, absolutely. Mm. The few times that I've gone into the gallery to meet you and mm. I've sort of stood around afterwards and looked around and I just get lost. It's just yeah. mesmerising. You sort of trans- into a new yeah, and I have to room. say, if I've if I've got a uh, a block upstairs, if I'm on my at my desk, I'll walk around the gallery, yes. and that's where I find my answers. So, and I usually look at other kids too doing their thing, and I realise, oh, okay, I can see where we can um, make things better or things differently, and then yeah, 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 yeah. So, do you think that's a theme that? is with all of the arts. I mean, obviously we don't have that visual impact of looking at an artwork in the other art forms, Mm -mm. but we're looking, I guess we can look at performances and things like that in the other art forms. Yeah. What's the common sort of general theme in the arts? Um, I suppose it's just about using your senses. All the senses is what an artist thinks about when they're creating visual arts, but they're also doing that with music or with drama. Um, They're not just... Um, blocking one sensor out for the other. Mm-hmm. It's all about how you encompass yourself as a whole and it's not just what you see, it's what you hear and what you even taste sometimes with art. Move. Yeah, yeah, and move. And, and and it's all about bringing all of those senses together and stimulating your brain in so many ways. Which is so important too because mm. I think we do live in such a visually driven world with our devices and all that sort of stuff. We're oh, constantly totally. looking at all of that. Mm. So to use those other senses mm. is so important. Absolutely, know. absolutely. And now with art too, there's so many uh, artists that work in performative practice or they're um, looking at um, uh, installation art. Mm. You know, there's so many different art forms now that kids can really get into and get in excited 3D about. 3D and textures and yeah, sort of everything. Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic. And look, in talking about all this though, I mean, you've obviously got a, a background in the arts and particularly in visual arts. Mm. Is it possible for a teacher who's got limited experience in the arts to, ha- you know, make some ground groundway headway? Sorry, in um, yeah. teaching the visual arts. Yeah, of course. Or the arts in general. Of course. How and yeah. how do you go about it? Well. I suppose from my job too, it's um, I've had the opportunity to meet so many different teachers that have come from all sorts of places from around the state, right across the state, even interstate and internationally. And you'll also always find there's a hesitation out of teachers that haven't had that sort of experience of art that I've had. And I've always been very respectful that they've come from a different journey. And I think if we just 
make sure as teachers that um, we keep an open mind and we just take make little steps. And it could just be coming to a professional learning day and just getting inspired maybe by one session of that day. Mm-hmm. Just going and keeping your mind open and thinking, all right, I'm not into art, I'm really into sport or I'm really into maths, but there could be something from this art professional learning day that could help me in my whole career. And what's you know? great is you've been, um, you're really aware that we're creating an online introduction to visual arts course. Yes. So that's going to really help people out there too. And we've been working hand in hand on that. Yeah. Lots of lovely links to the gallery in there. Yeah. But I think it's like never, never just sort of disregard any experience. I used to always go into a professional learning program um, going, okay, I'm going to learn something and I'm going to implement something from that day. Regardless of what it is, it could be a tiny thing, it could be the whole day, into my into my practice when I go back into the classroom. Mm-hmm. And if you keep that open mind, you'll you'll be able to um, take in a lot more um, influence from yeah. people around you. Let's say we don't have the opportunity to do some professional learning. Yeah. How can we go about starting our journey in our own classrooms? Can you give us yeah. an example, perhaps yeah. drawing on particular artworks or something like that? Yeah, I mean, looking at art is a mm. nice, fantastic way to do it. And I always encourage, I mean, I am biased, but I encourage <laughs> that all teachers, primary teachers especially, look at Australian art collections. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you will go to the, the favourites like Van Gogh or um, Matisse or... Um, Monet, Picasso and we've got some of those in the collection by the way but (laughs) I always encourage that you should be looking at art that kids can see so if you, even if you can't get on to an excursion to any of those state galleries that you look at um, you can at least get a resource that you know is up to date on our website Um, all our collection um, has web pages like you mentioned before and curators are constantly updating that information to make sure it's all very accurate but also Kids can also come with their families, which they constantly mm. do into the into the gallery. Or they can go to their local galleries if they're in a regional area. Absolutely, and I've always even encouraged if you don't have a local gallery close, if you don't have the state gallery close, you can do things online. But try and see original art, and there's always a public sculpture somewhere in the mm-hmm. town yeah. or the area. Even town halls have art. There's there's art some art somewhere where. Um, you can see it. But there's also touring shows, so we do a lot of touring shows. And community members within our school. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can have your even Yeah. And have your own um, exhibition. Have a competition for kids, you know. And then that will bring artists that are in the community to the to the school. Get in touch with what's going on yeah. Yeah, in your own place. Australian artists. Can mm. you give us a few names that perhaps we really should be looking at? Um, yeah, I mean I always like encouraging female artists too. So you could look at Grace Cosington-Smith. That's a nice, fantastic artist who worked in the early 20th century Mm -hmm. um, and Margaret Preston. And there's a whole lot of um, information on those artists, but also just their work is very interesting. One of my favourite artists is Rosalie Gascoigne. And Rosalie Gascoigne is a bit later in the 20th century and she started um, her art making much later in her life. I think she was in her late 50s, in fact. But she said that, her training to become an artist by the time she got to 57, say, when she started, was that she was always looking, always looking at the world, and that was her inspiration. And um, one of the things she said that she always had restless hands, and I always like 
thinking about Rosalie Gascoigne when I think about kids because they're always quite restless. They're, they're jumping out of their skin sometimes when they come to the gallery because they're so excited so, about what they're seeing and they want to be part of the conversation. But she always had restless hands and her work is all, all about looking at um, the found object. So she finds these pieces that have been discarded um, in the environment or in the community and then she recreates them into art. And what I love about that is it's you can see where the history of that object came from but now it's become new and there's a new history with that artwork and then it reminds us of um, things that we see every day so for example there's a work that she's created called Metropolis she created it in the late 90s and it's made of old road signs so it's just yellow and black letters and the letters have now been reformed to look like new words or even abstract so now all of a sudden a functional um, symbol or shape which always makes a, a spelling or a word has now been rearranged and you have to sort of try and figure out what is what it says and then it becomes um, abstract so now they've just become forms and then you start thinking about what is literacy and how you pull mm. literacy together and um, you we've created some activities for primary kids with that work where they have to find letters and recreate words out of those letters and then also think about what it means and so how do the words in the, the artwork um, respond to what they think it, it's talking about. Everyone's looking at the same artwork and everyone's got the same ambition. So if you all say, right, everyone write a sentence that has to do with the letters in, in that work, they're all the same instruction, but they'll all be different outcomes. Okay, now let's talk about that with artworks because that's a bit of a bug there with me. I, <laughs> yeah. It makes me um, upset when I see artworks that are all identical hanging in a classroom. Yeah. How do we go about this like we're giving the same instructions as you said how do we go about getting different artworks talk us through that you have to not try and offer the the outcome to the student so if you have a printout and you say I want to ju- just do your own thing in the printout the printout is already gone too far what you need to say in fact, is you have to think about the material you use. You can use the same materials. Mm-hmm. You could use the same amount of materials. It could just be use three colours or use five colours. You could still go through maybe the colour wheel or something that you feel you want to have some foundational yeah. knowledge in. Yeah. But the outcome could be, but, you know, paint a picture of spring or summer or autumn or winter. It doesn't have to be everyone draw the same picture. Yes but use the, you know, different colours in variations. Just think, I, w- I always tend to think for, with primary especially, when you feel like you really need to have some sort of foundational understanding, you think about why you're doing it. You think about, why am I making this artwork? Is it just to tick a box or is it to inspire? Is yes. it to make us feel connected with art? And if it's to connect with art, every student should be um, creating a different outcome. And it doesn't have to be neat. Um, and I know that can be difficult sometimes in a primary classroom when you're doing so many different subjects in that same room. You might not be going to an art specialist room. You're going in, you're just working in your own classroom. So you want something to look nice on the wall. But you can also create things that are collaborative. You could have pieces that are created by each student and then put them up as a huge mural work. Yeah. You don't have to have them all identical. And also don't be afraid of sculpture and don't be afraid yes. of 
a performance or sound art and that's where you might have to do a bit more reading or look at resources online and we've got heaps of resources well, online. Well that links really well into all the other art forms too doesn't it? Exactly Definitely. and and we've been playing, we've been talking a lot about STEAM too yeah. in the classroom and, and in the gallery especially and, and how do we incorporate looking at science and technology, engineering, maths and art you know together and how is it creative. So, you know, it's all exciting. Mm, if you just silly. open your mind, just just be brave, a little bit brave. So speaking of braveness, hmm. any examples leaping out at you of some incredible things that you've seen produced by primary school students? Yeah, there's been some really interesting work. Like uh, we do this... Um, we do this program called Artbox, and the Artboxes um, have all these little devices in them. And I see these great, they, even like little small things like, for example, we've got a microphone in there. And <laughs> when you give a kid a microphone, they just change. It's amazing. And we get them to be <laughs> yes. like the person that has to be the expert on what they're seeing. They've never seen the work, but they're amazing at, at being the expert at it. Yeah. And they have turns in being that. Or... I've seen them being wrapped up in butcher paper with, you know, um, the children's guides or the artist educators that we have on, on staff. And you have these, like, kids that are just pulling these um, artworks together and they're not questioning what art is. And I think sometimes we think that our own definition of art as an older person, when we have our own sort of understanding of the world in a different way, mm-hmm. kids are still open and still sponges. So when we say, you know... Um, oh, this little sort of sculpture in the corner is an artwork and this painting's an artwork and this performance is an artwork. They're like, yeah, okay, I get that. Yeah. It's sometimes our own um, limitations that's at, that slow us down, mm-hmm. but the kids don't need to slow down. They, in fact, can also help us yeah, to understand what it is. Yeah. yeah. So we see a lot of kids doing some amazing work in, in the gallery a lot in front of original artworks, which is, is what we love. Leanne, I want to talk a little bit about Aboriginal art. So we so often see and hear about um, dot paintings and very Mm. limited colour patterns and copying artworks, Mm. or some schools will avoid it altogether because they don't want to do the wrong thing. Now, I love those artworks that you see in some situations where they've drawn inspiration from Aboriginal artworks or Aboriginal experiences or stories, and they tell those stories without copying. Mm. can you give us some examples of some Aboriginal art that have that have really inspired you or Aboriginal-inspired art mm-hmm. that you may have seen from primary teachers or mm. students? We've seen some fantastic examples through our work with teachers from public schools across Sydney as part of the, uh, the Courier Art Expressions Project, and that's part of the Department of Education. And um, it's an annual exhibition of student artwork that was is created in response to the theme from NAIDOC week. And uh, since 2009, we've been running this Professional Learning Day and we've had some fantastic um, examples come out of that program. Um, And what they do, what these teachers do, is they engage with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander art from our collections uh, and they have talks from our curators and educators, Indigenous educators, key artists, etc. because it's really important to have that authentic voice in in the process. And then you start to see... um, the rich learning experiences that teachers can engage with in the classroom and they're very doable um, ideas and activities. I think people sometimes are quite um, afraid to start 
um, they, they're not quite sure where to start. And so this is a space where I really feel that teachers do need to either look at our lot online resources, which have been created mm-hmm. by um, our curators, by um, Indigenous educators and by our specialists, where we are really unpacking how to look at an Aboriginal artwork, how to engage with it in art making as mm-hmm. well for primary teachers. Okay, that sounds like a really yeah. valuable resource. Yeah, that we and, all be yeah at. and I think it's you shouldn't be afraid to um, not keep learning about it. This yeah. is where we really need to not just um, rely on a, a professional learning day or a resource you might have looked at 10 years ago. You really need to keep your um, knowledge up and you're, you really need to have more um, more current and dynamic experiences and, and come to either learning days or look at resources all the time because it is evolving and changing like all art. You know, when I started teaching... Um, I was teaching artists um, in my first year that that by the ninth or tenth year, I was teaching completely different artists. I was constantly relearning, relearning. And this is where, in this space especially, you should be really looking at that and engaging. But there's some fantastic resources and and programs that are running through the department, through the gallery, you know, through the home program. It is all about, you know, there's a video that um, is online on the department page, on the curriculum page, which is Mm. called Beyond the Dots. And it is... Yes. about moving beyond the dots and really yeah. about thought and thinking and inspiration yeah. and those sort of things. Exactly. It's the diversity of the um, of the practice, of the art, art making that runs across Australia. There's all different types of approaches and we shouldn't just be relying on one thing. Yes. Um, and we should be thinking... Um, in a more broad way, more contemporary way. Yeah. So that's really important. Okay. Yeah, just to keep Thanks. your knowledge up. So I expect you all to come to the gallery. For that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Um, so talking about the gallery, tell us what an average day in the gallery might look like. Uh, there are so many people who want to know what you do all day, every day? Well, the gallery doors actually open at 10 o'clock, so we have the pleasure of looking at behind the scenes for an hour before the doors open, and that's usually when the curators have their specialist brushes and they're dusting all the sculptures or they're looking at the frames or um, they're doing all their, you know, touch-ups, etc., whatever they have to do. And then you've got installation crews moving artworks around with their big cherry pickers and um, you've got exhibition managers and curators all sort of also there in the entourage. Um, and then we'll start looking at security. We'll start turning up, and they're they're there 24/7, by the way. But uh, in terms of the day security, um, they'll start having their meetings. Front of house will do the same, and then we'll start looking at when the school program is going to start, and have welcome hosts start um, uh, getting prepared at the front, etc. So all of that happens, and then the doors open, and then. My favourite time of the day is when the primary kids come in because it's always about how excited they look when they come in and they they look up and they look around and they just can't believe where they are. And it's really exciting that they still get a buzz out of coming to the gallery. So I I love that moment when the front door's open. Who are some of the most amazing people you've worked with? I know when I went in, every time I go into the gallery, I get a bit bit starstruck. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yesterday I had a few. I have a few starstruck moments. I had um, while we were doing that big project I was mentioning. I um, John Caldor was with me mm-hmm. that day, and he was part of the program. He wanted to talk to the students because he loves talking to kids and and about Caldor projects. And then Ben Quilty came down the escalators, oh, wow. and Gradle Packer and was I'm there. And I'm sorry, well, you asked me. You asked <laughs> exactly. me. Um, but I mean, you know, my biggest inspiration is actually my team. My team is the most talented team in the whole gallery. I'm not biased. Yes, I am. I'm sure I am. But <laughs> they are incredibly talented and uh, they inspire me every day. So it doesn't have to be a name, but mm, it's definitely sure. – we do see the artists that are walking around and it's really great to have conversations with them and they really love to know what we're doing in education. So we are very connected That's to the artists. That's fantastic yeah. that they really are inspired by what you're doing in education. Yeah. They're realising yeah. that's their future. That's right. That's right. They're passionate about how kids respond to their work and um, if they're contemporary artists, they really just really want to know what's going on. So it's it's fabulous, yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, look, um, I'd like to sort of wrap up, but before we do that, now we've had, you know very well that my um, favourite artist is Jeffrey Smart. We've talked yes. about this on numerous occasions and I love his fascination with geometry and um, the Australian landscape, but looking at it, such different and surreal sort of eyes. Um, who's your favourite artist and oh, why? Yeah, people ask me this a lot. It's really hard because it moves, it changes and shifts around. But I do, I do love the females. I have to say, I'm going to stick mm-hmm. with the female theme oh, this good. time around. Yeah. So Rosalie Gascoigne's on the top of my list, I think, and yeah. I think um, Rosemary Lang, a photographer, she does some amazing work. I really love her her work that really explores environment and and looking at the world a bit differently. Um, I always seem to get attracted to artists that do that sort of thing. Um, um, in the old courts, though, there's some little favourites in there, like um, um, I suppose the Picasso. The Picasso is sort of cool. People mm, always look for that. Nice. Um, and just to have a Picasso in the collection is pretty pretty nice. But uh, the Australians, you know, there's some really amazing Australian artists that are um, like Frederick McCubbin or... Um, just I don't know. There's so many. I don't know. Mm. I, I think I think um, I think Margaret Preston and Grace Cosington Smith are sort of like the female champions of of the 20th century. So I think that they're really something that everyone should be inspired by. So it's really good. All right. Now, yeah. just before we close, have you got any inspiring last words or messages that you'd like to say to students or teachers mainly who'll be out there listening to today's podcast? Um, that. Art is part of your life. It's not just a subject. It teaches you about who you are. Students would come and say, you know, in maths, I I learn about maths and that's great and I get, you know, I get a lot of knowledge out of that. But when I do art, I learn about myself. And when you know that art is so powerful that it in fact can change or um, influence your personality and your character and how you see the world, then, I mean, I think we're doing the right thing. Thank you again, Leanne Carr, for coming in from the Art Gallery of New South Wales. It's been absolutely lovely to have you here today and you're very wise and um, (laughs) I've learned so much through our conversations, not just today but in the past. You're very inspiring too. You do some great work, Julia. Well done. Thanks, Leanne. If you enjoyed listening to today's podcast and you'd like to subscribe, remember you can go to soundcloud.com forward slash primary curriculum and sign in with your at education.newsouthwales.gov.au account or go through Facebook or create your own SoundCloud account and make sure you press on the orange follow button. Look forward to talking to you again soon.